Hosting and bandwidth provided by the Blue Box Group. Check them out at bluebox.net. You're fantastic at coding, but do you have an action plan to take it to the next level? The upcoming book, Next Level Freelance, will help you optimize your freelance business for happiness. The book is packed with actionable steps to make more money, case studies, tips to find more clients, and exercises for you to establish your desired lifestyle. Extras include nine interviews with freelancers who make great money while enjoying great work-life balance, videos on strategies to find quality subcontractors, and videos on making more free time by outsourcing your daily tasks. Check it out today, nextlevelfreelance.com. This episode is sponsored by Planscope. Planscope is a project management and collaboration app built for freelancers and the way they work with clients. It makes it easy to price out new estimates and once you're underway, help answer the question, will this get done on time and under budget? I've been using Planscope to do my estimates and manage my projects, and I really, really like it. It makes it really easy to keep things in order and understand when things will get done. You can go check it out at planscope.io. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 97 of The Freelancer Show. This week on our panel, we have Curtis McHale. G'day. Reuven Lerner. Hi, everyone. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv, and this week we're going to be talking about weekly pricing. It was kind of interesting, I think, last week. Brennan kept talking about how he ran his consultancy off of weekly pricing. And Curtis, you mentioned that that you're doing weekly pricing as well. I want to start off just by asking a question, and this is the thing that I think would really hang up my uh, my clients doing weekly pricing. And that is, is you know, is it weekly pricing for when you do a little bit of work or a lot of work? You know, how do I know I'm going to get a my money's worth of value for a week of work? I guess that depends. I do sell half week sometimes. Uh, so if I'm, say, on a three-week project and Thursday or our last day we're tying up some loose ends and there's a couple loose ends to finish off, I'll sell a half week normally. But I don't go any smaller than that uh, most often. Uh, I have a couple long-term clients that have stayed with me as I've raised prices and I've had for five or six years. And I actually do bill them hourly still, but they are percentage-wise like 2 to 3% of my overall income. So I like working with them. It's easy and I like them. So I keep it around. Yeah, I mean, I just want to know, like, I mean, the thing is, when I when I go talk to potential clients, their first question is, how much do you charge? And they always mean, how much do you charge per hour? So I'm sort of wondering, like, how do you, how do you change that conversation, even from the beginning, when you first meet with people, to say, this is how I bill? No, I just say, I don't charge hourly when they ask. That's what I tell them. I say, I don't charge hourly. All that does is incentivize me to charge you as much as possible and take as long as I can for everything and you to drive me down on everything to make sure it takes less time. It's like, I don't want to fight with you about it, so I don't bill like that. So how is that different from weekly then? Because, you know, aren't you then incentivized to take more weeks? Yeah, I think it's how you approach it as well, though, right? Like you want to provide value. As Brennan said in last week's, he, you know, he charged 10000 a week. And he said that, you know, what was the value he got out of that? And so that's how I am trying to position it or working to position it now. And I find that my weekly pricing lines up pretty well with other WordPress freelancers that are charging, say, flat rate on things uh, on the kind of on the higher end. So when I say uh, my current weekly rate is 3000 a week and when I say a theme is going to cost $3,000 and take a week to build, that's number one, half or less than most of the people say they'll do it and the same cost because I'm only working on one thing and they're juggling four projects. So that, that's another thing with weekly pricing then, I guess, that you are saying to yourself and to the client, this week I'm dedicating solely to work on project X and everything else will basically need to st- stand in line. Yeah, more or less. Now, I, I book all calls for new clients on Tuesday mornings. I have to keep my pipeline full, right? So I've been on call since 8 o'clock for me. It's now 1134 and I'm recording this. And 
I tell them that like, I have to do that every Tuesday. When, when I'm talking to you initially, I am currently, you know, typically on a weekly project and not working on it this exact second. And then Fridays I use for business admin. Um, that still lets me give the client 20 to 20 to 25 hours a week of useful time. Mm-hmm. Now, do you actually so, track how much time you spend or do you just say, I spent about 20 hours this week? I track it, but they never know. Right. So, so right. you, you are verifying I'm giving approximately the value that I promised. Absolutely. And, you know, just before Christmas, I had a project that was something came up and I was waiting on stuff for them anyways. And another client had a major emergency for a large e-commerce site selling $10,000 items. And I worked for them all day because I was waiting for stuff anyways. And I told the client that on that week said, hey, you know, I've got about four or five hours that I can still work for you after Christmas um, to tidy this one portion up. I said, explained why. And they said, oh, well, okay, that's great. You provided no, I want to provide value for you. This is how I feel I provide value. And it worked out well for me because, you know, I have a baby coming at some point soon. So I'm not really booking anything weekly right now. I'm just kind of cleaning up things here and there for clients and, and waiting for this new bundle of joy to make its appearance and throw hell into the life for at least three or four days. So (laughs) 30, 40 years. Um, yeah, that too. But I mean, after that, it's more predictable, right? I don't know when it's coming. Once it's here, okay. Well, it's occupying that space over there. You're, you're, you're welcome to talk to my much money. Yeah, you're welcome to talk to my teenage daughters about predictability. Uh, so, when you talk to people about billing weekly, you're not telling them, or maybe you do, that you expect to spend about twenty, twenty-five hours working with them, or do you just say, "I work on this on a weekly basis, and I will provide you know a solid week of value to you," and you'll let the sort of hourly right. thing stay unsaid? Okay, that's right. And occasionally, the hours, uh, like I know for one large client, what we were able to accomplish in a week was well less than hours, but provided you know monetarily huge value, so they were totally happy. Right, like I charged at the time. I was charging, I think it was actually still three thousand. My first three thousand dollar a week client last year, and I think in the one week we were able to, you know, take them from not selling ten thousand dollar items to selling ten thousand dollar items, and they sold two. Oh, nice! That was a pretty useful That's... week for them, right? Even going from okay, this is totally messed up. The last guy has no idea. Can you fix this? And I said, yep, let's do it. And do they ever challenge you and say? Well, obviously this did not take very long. Or on the other hand, you know, do they ever challenge you when you come and say, listen, I thought this would take a week, but it's actually going to take two weeks? No, I haven't had challenges on that. I think like this is going to work for the barbershop down the street, right? Who wants their theme built for, in my case, or wants something easy done. This isn't pricing that necessarily works for them. For them, I just say it's 20 or I guess $3,000 and this is, I'll build you your theme and I'll give it to you at the end of the week and you can launch it whenever you want. And when you're dealing with a large enough client, uh, so the one client I was talking to today, when I said, you know, here's the room where we have wiggle room, I'm not sure if it's going to be uh, until we've dug into it. And the point is communicating with them a lot, a lot, a lot. So there's been one one client I worked for before Christmas, and I told them right from the beginning, this is three or four weeks. And we got to three weeks, and I was like, you have all these things on the list. Which ones do you want to cut? Or which ones are not? And he cut like tons of stuff and said, okay. And we communicated multiple times a day about features like, hey, there's a new feature. There's a new feature today. We tweaked how this works. So I deployed, you know, three or four times in a day sometimes. And he would get a chance to look at it and we'd tweak it and we'd tweak it. So he was all right involved in everything all the time and knew what was happening. His biggest pushback, I guess, was on one bug where it took me a day to find a bug and said, hey, what's up? And I said, listen, like software is like that. You can't, sometimes there's a bug and you think you've got it solved and that's what happens. That is the cost. If you would like to use something that's already pre-built and has no, you know, has only known bug, known bugs and you can buy this off the shelf system that does nothing that you want it to do. 
that's your choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I guess you're right. I need this custom stuff. I need it to work in this way. So uh, you are correct. I, it sucks. And I was like, I agree. It sucks. I don't like spending a day finding a bug either, but that's what you have to do sometimes. Did, did you have any clients whom you transitioned from hourly to weekly pricing or do you really need to start fresh when you change that system? Uh, I've transitioned one client who is say my longest client around and I don't. Yeah. I just say, I just said I do weekly pricing now. So that means I'll do this on this week. And they said, okay which is what they've said everything. I think it started with me at $50 an hour. And when I raised up to like a hundred, they were like, sure. Like not a sweat through any of the thing I went uh, any of the raises I went through there. So maybe that's just the right client. Well, it, it depends. I mean, I've found that some clients, you know, you're, you're the first freelancer they've worked with. Uh, they really don't have a good gauge of what you're worth to them. And so when you raise your rates, they kind of freak out. And then I've had other clients where they've, They've struggled with several. They've come to me. They've had a terrific experience with me. And so I raise my rate and they're just like, is that all? And so I, I think it really just depends on, on what their outlook is and how aware they are of, of what kind of value they're getting and what, what it's really worth to them to be able to work with you. And you need to help them establish that too, right? Yeah. Like that's part of your job just saying, oh, the client doesn't know how much I'm worth. Well, did you ever explain it to them? No. How are they supposed to know then? Yeah. So how, how do you explain to them? Do you, do you go through, you know, in, in your case, you're doing a lot of e-commerce sites. So do you say, uh, do you point out like, well, after I've done this week's worth of work, look at your sales and how they've improved? Yeah, we've done that. It depends, right? So I've done that with one client who had no email follow-up on carts that abandoned. And so we did that and we made, you know, we doubled the revenue. Well, uh, doubled, no, I don't know. We made like an extra 30, 30, 40% is what we made in the one month. And they were like, okay, that was like three wow. times what you made us. Or, Another one I did earlier this year that was paying for a $50,000 external tool. We rebuilt it for $20,000 in four weeks, but that external tool would get crushed under the API calls of 10,000 users on a membership site. And so they had users saying, I can't even use your system. Please cancel And the lifetime users were worth, oh, what was it? I think users are paying $299 a month. So it's not cheap when you drop, you know, a couple hundred users. And plus, they're paying for an external tool. So when I rebuilt over twenty thousand dollars in four weeks, they were like, "Awesome, great! I saved thirty. I'm dropped like their member attrition went back to normal levels, as opposed to you know double or triple that they were losing before." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think some of those cases are really easy to quantify. It's like, look, you know, the work I did made you this much money. I think in other cases, like for example, the like a WordPress theme or uh, some internal app or things like that, you know, where they're not necessarily tracking. Uh, the numbers that would give them that information, it, it's kind of hard to point out. So, I mean, I've built a few internal apps that replaced um, spreadsheets, which is actually one of my favorite things to do. Give me your spreadsheet and I'll make your life better. But, uh, you know, they, they don't track those hours. They don't track the time that it takes them to, uh, you know, put things into the spreadsheet and pass it around and get it back and fix what somebody else messed up and whatever. Yeah, but is the employee metric there, or employee, the metric there, employee satisfaction or employee happiness? Like, yeah, oh, I don't find spent. spreadsheets to be a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so there are valid metrics and lots of people aren't. Yeah, I'm just saying them. people don't measure them, so they don't know. Yeah. When I asked, uh, I dealt with a membership site today and I asked them, oh, a ton of different questions and they, like, they had no idea what their lifetime members were or how many members they had. Mm-hmm. They knew that they had, wow. a, I'd say, I know. It's quite a successful, I guess, online magazine for science fiction, and they they do well with it. They pay, you know, good rates to the writers and and proper professional rates, but they didn't have a lot of other information. 
So they knew from experience that once they had a user, they usually stayed because it was a very hardcore group, you know, like goes to conferences and dresses up in groups and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like most of people show up and dress up when they come. So most people have been to more than one conference. So they knew that they had some stuff like that, but we came up with even a survey. I haven't actually started working with them yet, but came up with a survey that they could do for the users to start tracking a lot more stuff and have more information. Sometimes it's even, you know, the first aspect, first week of the project could be, let's figure out how we can have metrics properly and implementing that for them. And then, okay, now we have some metrics and we can go onto a proper estimate and start going through on this and see if it is any value. Because you may find out once you estimate that it's not, you don't provide the value that matches their project. Yeah, or that the pain that once they start measuring it, there's no way that you're going to get paid enough, you know, because it really doesn't add up to enough, you know, dollars or pain or whatever. Yeah, and that's a risk on your part too, right? Like you, you find out, Chuck, that the uh, survey or the spreadsheets were better for everyone. Well, that's not great, is it? No, really, not really. But yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't sound so remorseful. <laughs> no, it's it's not that. It's just I really hate spreadsheets. So even if I mean you measure it, and yeah, you know, we'll we'll just deal with it. You know, I I still feel bad for you. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Right. I mean, look, look there. Spreadsheets are, I think, wonderful, amazing things, and I've seen people do amazing stuff with them, but I can't remember who it was. Someone once said, it was Amy Hoy, that like wherever there's a spreadsheet, there's probably an application waiting to sort of, you know, be unveiled or unleashed. And I've definitely seen that. Just today, I spoke with an organization where they talked to me about uh, migrating their database. And I said, well, can you show me your database? And they said, oh, well, actually, it's an Excel file. <laughs> no! I was like, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and this is for like audio and video and word documents and all sorts of other crazy stuff. So yeah, so my first thought was, aha, I think you need a serious database. Yeah, I mean, I got a spreadsheet. I went to New Media Expo and he said, hey, tweet me and I'll send this to you. You know, I, I got the spreadsheet and it was really just a way to plan your year. But I got it and I was like, oh, this is pain. And so I, I built it into a spreadsheet and I'm, you know, I'm going to probably tweet it out to him today and say, Hey, I, uh, you know, I, I got this, uh, application built, but the thing is, is just, you know, for me, it was, you know, it's nice to be able to just click, 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 go, go, go. So when it comes to this sort of like providing value, like on a weekly basis, if, if they're perceiving, at least maybe it's not the end of the day, really better for them, but if they're, if they feel it's better, if they feel like their workflow is better, then you can go to them and say, okay, well, I put in, you know, my week and, and you see your, your life has improved. And what happens, I mean, Curtis, has that ever happened where you come to them and say, well, you know, I don't really think it, it improved that much. Or maybe you could just add this or just add this or just add this. Like, do you ever find them sort of trying to cut corners or, or add a few hours here and there? Uh, clients try to cut corners on everything, don't they? <laughs> oh, I thought weekly pricing was a, a magical elixir for that. Well, one of the big selling points I found for weekly pricing is that the ABC argument, right? You'd start the project, you want to do ABC, and you know C is five weeks out, and you have no idea whether it's going to really be a good idea. It just sounds good right now, and you get to it, and you think, this is the stupidest idea we ever had. And we have no scoping to talk about. We just say, let's do D instead, and we do it. I have found that, and I, so when I set up a Trello board, I usually set up a future list, and anything that doesn't fit in these current sets of weeks, we just move to future, 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 and then we can start deciding how long these will take, and we can bring them in into our to-do list or our, our kind of next up list. But yeah, there's always, hey, let's just add this one thing, and I'll say, well, that's going to take this long. So if you want to do it, that's fine. It's just going to take this long to do. It's going to take, you know, say another half week or another week. So so, so they're, they're really, it's almost like, or I guess it's not even almost like it is like, 
it is the client being involved in, you could call it week long uh, sprints where this is what we're going to try to accomplish this week. And Mm -hmm. you're going to pay me for this sprint. And next week we'll start a new one. And if we didn't finish something, well, that's okay. We'll just put it on the hopper for next week. Yep. Yeah. And like I said, a smaller, smaller clients are not going to be good with that, but say most of my projects weekly are honestly three weeks is probably a little one Mm -hmm. for weekly pricing. Does it ever happen that, well, I guess you did say that you sometimes charge by the half week. So, you know, if you've got just a tiny uh, I little said bit of that, I've done that once maybe. Okay. And, so, and really, and they say that weekly is nice because when you're talking hourly, right, it's, you drill you down, but weekly is a big enough time unit that it can be value based as opposed to like how many hours did you put in this week, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I find the biggest transition is going from, say, hourly to that. Now, I, like I say, I still track hours. I still have an effective hourly rate. My effective hourly rate is $150 an hour, which is, right, however much I charge divided by how many hours I put in. So that's what I use as the number. If we didn't get to stuff and I look at how many hours I worked and I, you know, I made $300 an hour, but I, but where there's a bunch of stuff we didn't finish, that is a prime candidate for me saying I did not provide enough value this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you do run into those instances where you spend a, uh, an entire day working on one bug, right? Yeah, but that I still track all the hours, and I say, we didn't get to stuff. We had a bug in the middle of the week, and so I still my effective hourly rate was right around 150 Right. And, right? And, and I say, well, that's that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. Right. Now, if, if you're doing these, uh, if you're working hourly, then almost by definition, it means that you can't be working on more than one project at a time, except for maybe a little cleanup here and there, you know outside of the, that, those weekly hours. So what happens if someone comes to you and says, oh, Curtis, we really want to work with you. Um, do you say to them, well, I, I have time in another month, time in another three months? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a good solution. That's a good problem to have. I, I have a client right now that I've worked with an awesome agency. I very much respect them. I enjoy working with them. They call me in for specific e-commerce stuff. We did phase one just before Christmas. And they said, okay, how about phase two? And I'm booked weeks out. So they said, okay, that doesn't work for us. Well, sorry. Uh, that's that's when I next have time. It's about providing value. If I say yes to you, then I have to half work on yours, half work on someone else's, and then by providing value to either of you, and the you know the owner said no, you're not. That's right. So yeah, they just have to wait. You know, once I get booked out far enough, it is likely I will start looking for another contractor to also so we have two people booking weekly. Mm-hmm. But at this point, it's just wait. That's your choices. Um, and I have had people say I can't wait that long. So just. Before Christmas, I had two projects possibly taking that three-week space, and the one basically didn't jump on it fast enough. They said, oh, we're ready for a deposit today. And I said, oh, I was just emailing you to say it's already been taken. Well, what are we supposed to do? Find someone else, I guess. Like, I can't help that, mm-hmm. right? I have done my best, and I advised you that I was talking to two other people. The first person that gives me cash for the first week gets the spot, and then you have to wait. And most of my projects are three weeks or more, so... So I wanted to ask you about that in terms of billing, because what I typically do now is, I mean, I do hourly billing. And so at the end of the month, you know, the last day of the month, more or less, I add up all the hours for the different clients I worked for and send them all invoices. And, uh, my, I mean, my, my contract, the famous phrase, like the standard contract says that they should pay me within a week of that by check or by direct deposit. In reality, there's always debt plus 30, net plus 60, hair pulling out and so forth. But if it's on a weekly basis, and I, th- I think I get from what you're saying, first of all, you ask for a deposit up front, and then are you billing them weekly as well, or is it also billing them at the end of the month? I bill weekly. So to hold, say, even an eight-week project, I bill one week. To get week two, you pay me before Monday for week two. If you do not pay me, I've had a client drop 
two days because it didn't pay me. They're like, oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. And I said, okay, great. And then they paid me. I'm like, well, what do we do? And I was like, you guys didn't pay me for the week, right? Yeah. I have no room to push this out. So if you don't pay me, I am not doing it. I've also had, you know, very good long-term clients who have worked many projects on who got, who were behind or they said our accountant is gone today. And I can't, like, I just, the way our system works, I can't really do anything about it for today. Is it, is that okay? And I said, well, you, you know, you paid me, you know, 50 times totally on time. Yeah, we can let one week slide. We're okay. Right. Mm-hmm. If it got into the, if we started getting through that whole week and it's like, okay, here's week two. I'm like, ah, oh, the accountant's still not around. Like you need to make arrangements for your business so that you can handle these things. So does this mean that you're always getting paid in advance for the week? Yes. The trade-off uh-huh. for that, that the trade-off for that though is I have no caveat for if you say you want to cancel any week project after week one, that's okay. So they don't have to say after week one, you're a hack. How am I going to get all this extra money back from you? They say, we're done one week. I don't want to use you anymore. I say, okay. But it also means if in terms of your peace of mind and accounting, you're getting paid up front. So you don't have to worry about chasing people down for money. That's right. I just don't like I've had, like I said, I've had the client and I said, Hey, it's Monday morning. I know you guys are pretty busy. You know, here I've resent the invoice and I like, I'll send them usually Thursdays for the following for the next week that's coming up. So yeah, I don't chase them. I have no provision for if you decide to leave, which is, I guess the trade off for not, you know, having a bunch of money up front and locking them in. And honestly, I have no time to lock people. in. I just, if you don't think I'm right for you, then go find someone else. And if you're that skeezy person, who just want to get a little bit of work and find someone cheaper. At least you figured that on week one as opposed to later. Yep, that makes sense. And I have had like I have had projects take less weeks, and I'm okay with that too. Um, every time I've had a project take less weeks, you usually know, say, if you're on a four-week project, and in week four, or say in week three, you say, okay, we're totally getting way ahead on this, and I'll call the next client ahead and say, hey, I, it looks like I can start a week early. Is that good? And they'll say yes. You know, Typically, they say yes, and we just start a week early. I've never, never had a problem filling that extra week if I wanted to. Do you, do you have problems? I mean, do you work at all with large companies? Because, I mean, I'm thinking of large companies I deal with in Israel or internationally, and they are totally not equipped, as far as I know, to do any sort of prepayment. Yeah, credit card. If you're dealing with an oh. executive, the credit card usually handles, what, easily 3000 for me. Um, I have heard other people that do it that are billing ahead and they're getting net 30, but they'll say, okay, so we're going to start this project in two weeks. I'm billing you this week for the first week, next week for the second week. And so by the time you're into week three, you're getting paid for week one already, even though it's net 30, right? So you start billing well in advance, one week, one week, one week, one week. I think I've actually put some podcast links in the, uh, in the chat here, but for unfinished business. And he talks about that in the first, say 10 ish episodes, episode two and nine is the ones I pulled out where he talks about weekly pricing and he deals with that with like, he works with, um, international, I want to say like the international Olympic committee, but that is totally not it, but it's like a large international body doing like standards or for copyright protection, I think. And that's how I believe how he builds them. So how how do you make that transition? Do you just start telling people, look, I want to move to weekly billing and here's what we're going to do? Oh, that's certainly how I tried to start it. And then it didn't happen. And then Eric said, hey, man, what are you doing? Just tell them that's your pricing. And I said, okay. And I became a weekly price person. So so do you this just, was, with new clients, then you just go to them and say, hey, I'm on weekly pricing? Yep. They, how do you, they said, oh, how much is it? And I said, well, I bill weekly, you know, based on if we're going to build the theme, it's one week. If we're going to build the theme in this, it's two weeks. If we're going to do this, this, and this, it's usually three or four weeks. And that even cleans up your estimating process, I find, quite nicely. Oh, so nice. I spend less time on estimates. And I was not a huge, like, here's your nine-page proposal. When clients have asked for that, I say, I just don't do that. 
right? I don't respond to RFPs because mm-hmm. like you get so few of them that it's just not even worth it for me. In my opinion, it's not worth it. And so I'll say, oh, I talked to one person today and we were talking about the project. And again, this is another agency needing WordPress specific stuff and they normally do rails. And we had a good chat and I said, we're probably looking in, you know, four to five weeks for this, but I'll have to get on some nitty gritty and we'll hop on the Trello board together and I'll block out some tickets and some things and we can, you know, start as through kind of a broad brush at how many weeks it's going to take. So, and uh, anything over three weeks, I leave a blank week too. So anything three weeks or more, I, I leave a blank week. So four weeks. Oh, that makes sense. Um, and I've have had, like, I know one project just for Christmas, I looked at it on day one and everything on their Trello board and laughed and booked it six weeks, even though they only wanted two. <laughs> and by the end of six weeks, they were like, are you available next week? I'm like, no, man, I'm not available. I booked six weeks for you. You only wanted two. And he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. eh?" <laughs> like if you had said you wanted eight weeks, I would have booked out eight weeks, looked at the list and maybe left one. But so that means when if I'm booking like a six week project, I leave two weeks blank at the end. And that gives us wiggle room uh-huh. in the project. Um, and I set up, I guess I bill appropriately so that I get 3000 a week times three weeks is enough that I make kind of the minimum I want to make per month. So and I don't have to worry about it. I could theoretically work three out of every four weeks all year and be totally happy with my income. Yeah, it makes sense. How do you deal with people uh, who come to you and say, well, you know, we know this is your weekly rate, but, um, you know, can we negotiate on that? I, I seem to remember you being pretty firm on just you don't negotiate on rates. I say I'm always willing to get paid more. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta use that. I no, I will. So say, say we were talking about a four week project, right? And that's a $12,000 project for me at a $3,000 weekly rate. And they say, we'd like to negotiate because we only have about $10,000. I'm like, sure, we can cut whatever you'd like. Right. Or in my space, maybe they had some, uh, let's say a, a magazine site. That's a good one. A magazine site. And they want to be able to publish issues and they have all these articles that are linked to them. And I say, okay, well, this is what it's going to take to build a custom because they have some custom things that they want. And they say, well, that makes it way too expensive. Say, well, there's this plugin called Issue M. You could use that. And then we'd cut out, you know, a couple weeks of building. How does that work, right? Or even an e-commerce site, they want, you know, originally they start talking about custom design. They start talking about mobile responsiveness. And they start talking about all these other things. And then we, you know, come up with an eighteen or $20,000 price tag for that between design and implementation. They say, that's way too much. Like, I really only have about... You know, $10,000 is probably like my upper, upper limit. And I say, well, let's find a good theme from Woo Themes that suits most of what you want. And we can do it in a two to three week project. So that's where I think anything should fall if you're negotiating any project. And they say, well, let's let's take that cheaper. Then if it's because they just think they can get it cheaper, oh, well, then that's probably not a client I want to work with, number one. If it's because their budget is lower and they just didn't expect it, that's a totally different scenario. And let's see how we can accommodate that budget. So if I'm willing to accommodate a budget, it's probably a project I want to work on anyways that I think will be cool. Or that I like the client enough that I just like to work on their stuff. And I would love to accommodate someone that's cool to work with. But I like working with cool people. Right. Mm-hmm. Do they ever come to you and uh, sort of try to get an apples to apples comparison between someone who's billing hourly and you who's billing weekly since they're presumably interviewing more than one person? Uh, what do you mean? Like what type of questions do you think they'd be asking me? Well, I mean, not necessarily a, well, so-and-so is cheaper than you because that's, that's sort of like a, a standard thing. But maybe they'll say something like, well, you know, so-and-so is charging us on an hourly basis. You're charging us weekly. Can we just sort of convert that to hourly to understand how much you're charging us? Or, you know... If you can figure out the math, by all means, figure it out. (laughs) And they say, well, how many hours do you work? I said, do you care how many hours I work? You have this product you want built, right? Is this 
is my budget in your is what I set it charging within your budget or within the prices you expected? Are you going to get all the features you want? Yes or no? If you are, then who cares how many hours I put into it? Do you get the value and the product you wanted out at the end? That is the important part. What if I'm going to spend three times the hours and I because I'm really slow, but I like working on your project? Should I just bill you for three times the hours then? That's good. I like that. So I think I just asked this, at least in my brain, I just asked this. So how do you make the transition? You just tell them you're switching, right? Well, just any new project I said is weekly. This is how I build. This is how many weeks it's going to take. I only work on your project. And I have a blog post that I wrote, uh, which we can put in the show notes, that talks about why I like weekly pricing. And I say, you know, here's a a much longer thing to talk about it, or much longer post to talk about why. And I refer clients to that who have a lot of questions. And I'm, but I'm quite happy to talk with them about it too. If you want to talk about, you know, what it's going to take and why do I do weekly? And, and I, the other thing is the cost of context switching is so ridiculously high, right? You know, Dan Miller, who we had on a few weeks ago, when you listen to his podcast, he always cites a study that says it takes you, if you were doing the same task and get a phone call, getting back to that exact same task gives you 18 minutes to get back on track properly. So if you're switching between different projects all the time, it takes way longer than 18 minutes. Right, I sit down at the end of the day and say, I'm working on A, B, and C for the client tomorrow, and I sit down that morning and start on A, B, and C, except for my time blocks, like I said, my Tuesday morning call times. And so, you know, when I, I have a, had a client, even today, last week, they're saying, well, I can't do Tuesday at 10, is that is the only time I have. Well, can you do this other time? No, that is the only time I have. Because I bill weekly, I block everything out. These are the times. So to provide value for clients, I only take calls on this time so I can put them all in right before the freelancer show, stay on Skype all day, basically. Mm-hmm. And then not, if I don't have calls, I'm absolutely just working on your project. I mean, I understand the whole context switching overhead uh, issue, uh, both, you know, which is sort of not, not good for the uh, developer and not good for the client. Um, that's one of the reasons I'm interested in switching to weekly pricing. At the same time, I do find that the variety of clients, the variety of work that I do is I don't want to even say stimulating and interesting, but it's useful that I'm constantly finding things with client A that will then help me with client B. And I, I feel almost worried that if I if I only work on one project at a time, that I'm going to lose that diversity and lose that sort of intellectual stimulation that then also helps my clients. Do you find that? or And if so, how do you overcome it? Uh, I don't so much. My biggest issue is context switching. Once I get off track, it's hard to get back on track sometimes. And sometimes very hard. Well, I'll literally kill a whole day because I just can't get back on track and can't get focused, which is why I time block, which is why Skype is shut off most of the time. And I come back to 300 messages in our chat room on things Um, (laughs) because I just know I will. I, my phone only notifies for text messages and a phone call. Nothing else beeps. I have no notifications on anything, but no, I don't find that there's an issue with that. I, and I'm reading enough uh, literature literature you know technical blog posts i suppose is better than literature uh in in my field to know about it i'm occasionally jumping in you know to help uh someone i mentor with things which you know at least lets me think about more often basic topics for myself but lets me think about them in a new way and then even though i'm working mainly on weekly projects like the last e-commerce one or even one coming up is like apis interfacing with an external service and JSON objects. And then we have two different user types. So we're going to look at uh, admin users that have a certain set of capabilities and another set of users that have a certain set of capabilities. And so my next project, I'm going to have all this other knowledge on top of it. So I find that cost of context switching is way too high to make it really worthwhile, even in these last few weeks, as I'm kind of jumping around on things before the baby comes, the context switching is high and my hourly billing, the hours I'm able to put in on things suffers easy. 
I probably put in 10 to 15% less hours right now. And I'm trying to work every day, all day until the baby comes. So what I'm really telling you is if I'm going to bill you hourly, you probably don't want that because you're not getting a lot of value. <laughs> right. All right. So the other question I guess I have as far as transitioning goes is that uh, I'm currently working on a couple of different client projects and uh, some of them are subcontracted and some of them aren't. And so I'm trying to figure out how I would move to that just on those. I guess I could just talk to my clients and, you know, move them over to weekly billing and, you know. Yeah. I and mean, that's what you could do. You could say, you know, as of, what is it? As of March 1st, I'm moving over to weekly billing. Here it is. It includes basically everything, all the project management time, everything, right? Right. And, and this is how it's going to work. So my contractor, if you're a contractor, is only working on yours, I will be in and out with project management. Mm-hmm. He's not working on anything else. Now you have to find contractors that are going to do that as well. So I'm not sure how your right. contractors do things, but you do have to kind of trickle it down, which makes it kind of a bigger leap because when you have a contractor, you say, like, I kind of expect you to be working on my stuff all the time. Right. Yeah, that's true. Or at least, or you need, so or you need hours. to say like, if they're only going to do, you know, a certain number of hours, and, but you need more, then you have to make sure that you have the time to kind of in and out on those couple weekly yeah. projects. But yeah, it, say it includes everything. And I, like, if I was transitioning longer term clients that are, you know, many months ongoing contracts, and I would, I guess you have two choices: you either say after, you know, once this contract comes up, when you're renegotiating the next set, this is how I bill now, or you say I want to transition in the middle, and it depends on each kind of each client. So it seems to me either are very few people in my space billing weekly. It does seem to me like in other spaces, maybe in rails or there's a lot more people talking about it, at least like Brennan or um, Malarkey is his Twitter handle. And he does design the unfinished business podcast. I don't remember his name right now, but like they've been talking about it and, and doing it. Malarkey has for years. And that was the best thing he said for cash flow, and absolutely the best thing for cash flow in my business too. I had more cash projects didn't drag on because the client is also on the spot to get you that content back. Right. Uh-huh. Or else the week is gone. And I have had that happen once where they said, well, the week's done. And I said, you know, I was waiting on this for three days. Well, I didn't have time. And I was like, I told you at the beginning that if I'm going to be working weekly, you're going to need to make sure that you have the time to block out response times appropriately to get me the stuff I need. I will do my best to let you know as soon as possible when I need things. And if, but if you don't think that's going to work with your schedule, then you should find someone else to work with. Yeah, it would have also, uh, on a couple of the projects I've worked on, it would have also, I think it would have worked out well because it would have been, look, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're blowing your week because you're not getting me the information I need. Yeah. And that's a really good thing to say to clients that like, I want to do this, but I'm waiting on this. I can't really do anything. I'm tinkering on a couple other things, but we're going to kill a week and we're not going to meet our objectives for the week. And that's a good way to do it um, up front. So I usually am at least in project management with my clients, sometimes on a Skype call almost every day. So if I'm working for you for the week, we can book a Skype call. I usually book them at nine and one beginning of kind of blocks of work so that we can do it and I can have the rest of the block totally free uh, of any distraction. I could really get down to work. But I know um, Malarkey, I only remember his Twitter handle again. He runs stuff and nonsense. He'll, he'll get on a Skype call every morning with his clients or on a call with his clients every morning to talk about the day's work, what went good yesterday, what didn't. So basically a little scrum meeting, right? Mm-hmm. So in their 15 minutes, usually the first week out of a longer project is figuring out like, hey, let's have a chat. We'll make sure we're scoped out properly, make sure we're good on our weeks. And so on a four-week project, we could look at the first week and by day two go, okay, this isn't going to work. We need to you know make some adjustments right away to it. So when I use a contract that makes that fairly clear, um, that says basically we, we all know that you know a fixed contract really benefits either side because I'm always fighting you on scope and you're always fighting me on hours about, hey, this isn't scope. And I'm saying, no, it's not. We never talked about that before, mm-hmm. right? Instead, let's just agree to basically be adults. 
and know that things change and that we need to be dynamic with it. And we want to serve the, we all want to serve your customers the best. So let's do that. Yep. Right. But the, the key thing here, or one of the key things here seems to be the constant communication that, so if I understood correctly, you say that you speak to these clients twice a day, like you have Skype calls with them twice a day to keep them updated on what you've done. No, no. I book them at two options in a day. Uh, it depends, oh. on the client. <laughs> depends on the client. So I work with one client who's heavy into IRC and I'm in that IRC channel all day. And I ping them and I ask questions in the middle of the day and I say, hey, I found this bug in the software elsewhere. What do you want me to do with it? And we report it on GitHub. And so they are very, like I'm in that all day. Or I had one client who prefers Skype. And so we use Skype uh, kind of as our main back and forth all day. And I'll ask a question right in Skype for them right away. And, you know, if we want to jump on for that five minutes, we will. And if not, then we don't. So it depends. Um, I usually bring everything back to a Trello board for myself and clients use that sometimes or not just depends on the client their activity in it but it definitely means i mean it it, it means as you've been saying like there's a commitment from the client also that they're going to be responsive they're going to be available they're going to be communicative so that you can work as rapidly as possible and i see that i mean i see that as just benefiting the project but also benefiting your relationship that suddenly they realize you're really trying to get stuff done for them and when you're stuck you're going to tell them you're not going to show up at the end of the week and say oh well Starting on Tuesday, I had this problem and I didn't resolve it until now. Because if it's Tuesday, if you started having that problem on Tuesday, it's now Friday and you're reporting that, they'll be right to be very upset. Oh, absolutely. And I think that like throughout the week, they're trying to be, their skin in the game is trying to make sure that they're not holding me up so they're getting value. And my skin in the game is by the end of the week, they need to go, I got lots of value this week, right? So they didn't get lots of value. They need to have a chat with me about it and we'll figure out why they didn't get it and what we can do to make sure it happens or they need to find someone else that's going to give them the value they expect. So that's why I say there's no penalty for leaving. Just leave then. You pay. I get paid for what I did and you're done. And you paid me up front so we can just be done. I was going to say, they paid you for the week, so yeah. that's all And I give risk. them everything. Like, I'll give them everything. I'll give them all their code, everything. I have no... Like, I, I don't care. I don't want it. If we're really not a good fit, you should go find someone else. And I am, you know, I'll even make myself available via email to help that the next developer if they need to have any questions. So at no charge. So do you get pushback for uh, charging up front? No. Well, they normally say, hey, what do you mean? Like, isn't it a 50%? I was like, yeah, but do you want to owe me $10,000 and then decide after week one I'm a tack and you don't want to work with me? And they say, no. Like, how long is it going to take you to get that extra money back with most people? They say, well... You never know. It could be a long. It's like, do you want to take that risk or do you just want to pay me for one week and you said I'm a hack and you're done? <laughs> and they say, oh, yeah, I guess you're probably right. Yeah. So I've had very, I've had people say, that's really weird. And I explain it to them and say, ah, I understand. That is a great, that is, makes a lot of sense why you do that way. Right. But I've had some people say, that makes a lot of sense why you, why it's good for you. I just don't like it. Well, okay, then don't do it. That's well, totally fine. Yeah, it makes, it makes sense to me in the sense that, you know, then you're not stuck. Okay, well, they paid me 10 grand. I got to figure out how to pay them back yeah. or whatever. And that's a pain in the butt, that. That's right? a pain in the neck. So, right. you know, the, the flip side being, okay, well, you pay up front and then, yeah. I'm I'm not happy with what happened this week. Okay, don't buy another week. Right. It's it's not a percentage of the project. Right. So if it's a you know twenty thousand dollar project and they have to pay you fifty percent, and you get through week one and they decide you're a hack, well then it gets messy. But if it's just one yeah. week. They're basically they're they're buying a, a product as it were. You know, it's a black box. Yeah. They they put money in. They get working code out that suits their needs. Yep. Yeah, and I've had on longer projects before where a client wants to hold that last 10% back, right? So they pay you 50, 40, and they want to hold that 10% to see if you launch. But by the time you've done many weeks and provided value all the time and they can see it coming through and you're like, okay, this is the last week we're going to launch this week. They just, okay, like they just pay the bill. I've never had a client question that then. 
in that scenario where I've had many times, well, what if you don't launch it? What if you just, I pay you most of it and you walk away? Like, well, number one, I'm an ass and you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't work with me anymore. And number two is I really have way better things to do with my time than screw clients over because that just kills my reputation. Like I can go massage my beard and that would be way more useful for me business wise to massage my beard than to, than to ruin my reputation. But yeah. you don't have to have that, right? I mean, when a client asks, say, what about launch? It's like, well, you only have one week left. So you just pay me the week and we'll launch it. And by that time, like if you're going to launch next week, you should be like, you know, almost looking for those few things to finish up most of the time, I would say. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, timelines often are more compressed than that. So it looks to me, I mean, I see your blog post that you put in the show notes, uh, your announcement of going to weekly price development. That's from late May of last year. So it's about six months now you've been doing this. Well, let's so, say I said it oh. in May and then I said, I'm going to do this to clients and I gave them <laughs> options on how to pay. And August is when I just said, no, nah. when Eric said, why are you giving them the option? I said, that is a good question, sir. And they no longer had options. So August is when I really started digging into it. Uh, although I say I was thinking about it from like the October prior, which was my daughter's second birthday till I convinced my wife. That was my first hurdle. Convince my wife. It was a good way to price. Okay. And so, and, and so you just sort of told your clients this is what I'm doing and it, it worked out. Were there any downsides? Have you found there to be any downsides in the whole process? Not really. Uh, aside from those times when I, which I've already talked about, when I don't think I provided value, and now we're kind of dragging through a little things. So, so that agency I've worked for, I had to tell them yesterday, like I just don't have the time, and like I'm kind of reaching back to you and providing you value because I think you're awesome. And so that's kind of a downside. If I was, if I was on weekly right now, it would be harder to do that and justify value to my current client. So you have to put your foot down. But like so I, I told him that it's like I'm not really doing anything big right now because I got the kid coming soon, so I, I do have that extra time to assist you. And what happens if you want to go to a conference or something or take a vacation, you know, for two days out of the week? Would you just not do that? Well, then you can book a half week, and so I have that. I teach at the local college, and it ends uh, partway through a week. And so my client I was talking to this morning, I said, you know, I'd, we'd bill a half week that week probably, but we could even talk about that as you get closer, and maybe we just find that's not awesome, not optimal for us, right? If I'm now we decide I'm not in the right headspace to work for a couple days. So in which case we'd start the week after. But you know, if I come down and sit down and have a little bit of time, yeah, I might do a little bit of extra work for them starting early. I just view that as part of the value, right? At the end of a project, I want a client to be like, wow, I don't even know how I found anyone else to work with because they're just awesome. Because Curtis was just right. like, he provided value. He went extra. He wasn't even going to do this. But then he said, hey, I didn't don't think that I provided enough value this week. I'm going to work some extra for you. You get a free day in that next in that next week. And they're like, I've never had a contractor say that. And they're off working for me for free because they don't feel that they provided value. And now they do. That's awesome. Yep. So when you give them a free day, do you just, you know, take it out of what you bill them for that next week? Um, well, it depends. The times I've had it has actually been the last week of all the projects that I've had to do it. So I've had like a blank week next and I just take it out. Oh, I see. So you just, just work, just work for a free day, day and yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah. And so, you know, while that's not true, I guess one time is the second week. I was like, today was just a terrible day. And, you know, it, it's all reasons that don't apply to you at all. You know, reasons with me not getting enough sleep and the kid being doing this. And, but ultimately, I didn't provide enough value. So you have a free day at the end of the project anyways. Right. And, and I have a blank week there to give you that free day and only be on you and not give poor value to another client. And that was like, I guess, a week and a half out. And he was like, oh, awesome. That sounds great. I've never had anyone tell me that before. I think this is something I'm going to have to think deeply about because <laughs> it, 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 it took me a year. It took me a year of thinking and talking and like I said, hurdling, getting the hurdle with my wife and then really dedicating myself to it and saying, this is how I bill. Well, I don't think my wife will mind one way or the other, but um, my wife had a lot of the same questions you guys are asking now. And I didn't have good answers for them at first. Right. Like what, what do you do if a client server goes down and you have to help out? 
Yeah, well, like I said, I only do? I work I work forty weeks, so I don't do Fridays for that client anyways. I have business admin, a mastermind in the morning. If a client server goes down and I have to take time out of your project to help out, I drop my business admin for the day. My receipts can wait. I do my mastermind, which runs till about ten thirty, and I work for you for the rest of the day. I don't go for the bike ride and I work. Right. Right. You give up the you... bike ride? Oh man. That's it. If it's a give up the bike ride scenario, I am uh I have issues with that. So now conversely <laughs> Well, honestly, I gave up probably 10% of my bike rides last year. I do not, I give them up very rarely because it's, I just know that if I give them up too much, my overall productivity and life happiness sucks and that I'm not providing value for anyone. My wife doesn't like me and I'm angry with my kid and, and clients aren't getting the best of me either. So that's why I stick to it very hard. And I and tell clients you, that right up front. How do you bill for those emergency situations? Oh, the emergencies are usually end up hourly. Oh, okay. So at my standard rate, uh, which is 150 an hour right now. So they just get billed hourly for that because I mean, emergencies happen, right? I had the first time in forever I had a client I had to let, let someone else go under bad circumstances. So they needed help changing all their passwords because the owner had no idea. Oh, right. And so I had to like change okay, database passwords, change everything so that no, that this person couldn't access things externally. And I worked on Sunday this week. That is so rare. My daughter was like, you don't work on Sundays, daddy. And she's three. <laughs> right, right? I, I may have done it like a handful of times my wife was like you know you almost never do this I'm tired today but this is part of your job sometimes yeah and, so I, is, and, my, I, yeah. and the other clients understand that I was like if your server is down and I'm working on something else weekly do you want me to tell you you got to wait six weeks or do you want me to work on it for one day and make up some extra time and it's, oh no that you're right you have to do stuff like that sometimes mm-hmm. I was like you know if it ends up taking a day and a half I will let you know that what's happening and if you know, and what that means, and we can regroup and figure out what that means. And, and occasionally, it might mean when a client says their server goes down, we start to fix it. And I say, this is a lot of work, and here's what we're going to have to do, and we need to block out time, and here's someone that I think can help you best with it, because I can't, because I'm providing value to my other clients. Right. And you'd have to do that anyways. Like, you're just going to work, I don't know, you can only work so many hours in a week. I know I'm pretty much dead after 5 o'clock. I just don't do client work, or very rarely do any client work after that, because I'm just dead. I don't, I'm useless to you. Do you want useless time, or do you want good time? So I read and I do other, you know, other personal things mm-hmm. after well, that point or other business things. That's the other thing that really appeals to me about the weekly billing is just that then I don't feel like I have to scramble for some, because sometimes I over, I overbook myself because I have, you know, two or three projects going and yeah. And so then I feel like I have to stay up late and push and, you know, get the stuff done and, you know, and then I'm crediting them some time because I was half asleep half the time but I did get their crap done and I still have to go refactor it. Yeah. But that's a big cycle, right? Like it's so hard to climb out of that and just saying, this is what I work on this week. And you know, other clients of if they have something of significance that you have to wait this long, like I, it's not unlimited time. I'm not an agency. Uh, If you want someone that can jump on anything, anytime. And I've said this, like if you want me to be able to jump on anything every time, then you basically need to pay me all the time to keep hours free for you, whether or not they get used. And they say, well, we're not really at that scale yet. And I said, well, that's what it takes. Like, if you want me to be around on weekends, it's $3,000 for a weekend. Whether or not we use it. Because <laughs> that means I've got to keep my laptop with me. I've got to make sure my phone, I can't, you know, I've got to make sure that I'm not really leaving cell reception. So, and they just say, well, yeah, I guess you're right. Well, that's the cost. That's what my hours are worth. I've got to make sure I can drop things with my family immediately. Right? Yep. And that's, you know, that type of cost well, that's what it's worth to me. So I usually tell clients if they call me on the weekend about the color of stuff, then it's my normal rate times however annoyed I am. And I'm already probably pretty annoyed. So <laughs> outside, of, outside of, hey, my server crashed, it's, to- it's totally down. My server crashed is totally down. 
or you know with the thing in the password thing this weekend that is a valid reason to call me please call me i would love to talk to you and make sure that you are served properly yeah so and establish people are trying to buy stuff and they can't yeah and establishing it that way like my it's my hourly rate times however annoyed i am and i'm very annoyed usually gets the laugh like you guys said but makes the point nicely yeah right they get the point i don't care about the color it's and that and that's the exact line I use. They're very similar to that every single time. I don't care what you want on weekends. I don't care what the color of your site is. I'm spending time with my family. My hourly rate is my normal rate times however annoyed I am, and I'm already pretty annoyed. Right. Don't make me angry. You won't like me when I'm angry. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, I think my only hesitation with with a weekly billing is that I do all this training, and typically companies don't want to do a full block of training. They don't want four or five days in a row, even three days in a row, they want to do it like, you know, two days a week or every, you know, one day per week. So might wreak some havoc with that. But my guess is I can probably do like, you know, two weeks a month of weekly and two weeks a month of training. And that'll solve that problem. And like you said, if it's two, if it's, you know, one day a week, that's essentially your business admin day. If you want to take it like that, like I use it, and then you still have four days a week for the other weekly stuff, right? Right. True. So, and it's providing value. If you find that you can provide value in three days a week and you really feel like at the end of this, I am absolutely worth this weekly rate and I feel I provided lots of value and my client can see it, who cares if it takes you one day? Right? Yeah, that makes right, sense. Right, very true. And we were talking about, I don't remember his name, but I think Brennan mentioned him in our last episode about the Rails guy that was charging $30,000 a week. Patrick, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was not like making sure he got in six hours or you know, 20 or 30 hours a week, was he? He's uh, making sure he know. provided value, right? Yeah. Because right. if anyone said, hey, you know, you only worked 30 hours for $30,000. I'm not so sure I like that. No, no one was saying that. They were saying, did I get more than $30,000 of value this week? Well, and that, that, that was their at, only question. At that point, that, that's what you have to do. Yeah, but even at going to weekly mm-hmm. pricing, right? Mm-hmm. So I can I could certainly see myself as we go farther, you know, upping into the five thousand dollar range as a weekly rate as we move forward, and as I you know get other employees around, maybe or other contractors, and and it's a question of value. But I think even at the you know the three thousand four thousand dollar a week range, you're excluding. I'm excluding the barbershop locally. I'm excluding lots of businesses locally that I just mm-hmm. don't don't want to work with because you know that I you know used to work with a year ago. Right. So I'm looking for clients who are highly invested, who want me to go through, say, wireframing stages, who want me to go and really make sure we're analyzing the users and we're doing testing and we're doing all these other things that I'm excluding a lot of clients who just say, nah, just give me something so I can go off with it and and say I have a website now. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you're like by by switching to weekly pricing, you've also moved up one or two notches in the quality of clients you deal with. I would say so. I think my. My one of my clients, my first weekly pricing client was, you know, I found out a couple days later they got like a fifty million dollar valuation and investment round. So I went up into that caliber when I started changing my pricing or building apps that are, you know, their projections. And I suppose some of them, you know, may or may not happen, but are looking at, you know, solid betas for you know, around ten thousand dollars, and so they can start showing it off and looking at investing. And if investing comes through, we're going into, you know, I would probably be working for them for a couple months to get everything up and exactly how they want it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I need to start wrapping this up because I have another podcast in half an hour. Yeah, and my wife told me lunch was ready, so I got a cold sandwich downstairs. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, that's okay. I'll let you go this time, Chuck. All right. <laughs> Even probably needs to go to bed, right? So. Oh please! No, I got I got two more conference calls this evening. It's only ten thirty p.m. The night is young. 
I, I was going to say, he keeps saying that he's been doing this for like 20 odd years. So, uh, you know, he, he's used to not sleeping. It's, it, it's like, you know, there's the old joke of the, uh, you know, the, the lawyer who dies and goes to heaven. And, uh, he, he says, he says, I don't understand. I'm only 35. How could I, how could I have died? And they say, really, according to your billing, you should be like 75. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so good. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to the picks. Curtis, do you want to start us off with picks? Sure. I want to pick a book on pricing called The Price is Right. And it is a short read, probably a like a weekend read, probably even a week or an afternoon read with lots of value in it. Seven ninety nine uh on the Kindle store. And it is uh, by my buddy Chris Lena. It talks about price anchoring, uh, which we talked about with Brendan last week a bit as well, and just how to price your products. Say a little more product focused, but excellent for freelancers as well. And lots of lots of good stuff you'll learn and have to reread so you can accomplish it later. Awesome. Reuven, what are your picks? All right, I got two picks for this week. One is a blog post. Uh, not so new, I don't think, but interesting about building value in the web design sales process. And this is someone who talks about how you can get a client to pay you much more by surprise, surprise, talking to them and giving them a good feeling. And so it's not just a matter of meeting with them for half an hour, an hour and sending them a proposal, but rather talking to them, multiple meetings, really understanding their business. And by the time you understand their business, not only do you really understand what needs to be done, but they trust you. They trust that you understand what needs to be done. And the second uh, link is a fun one that I mentioned already in our back channel. I think uh, all, all of you, you know, both of you guys have seen before called Ask a Slave, where this uh, reenactor, uh, this, this reenactress, I guess could be called, this actress who worked on a, basically was supposed to be George Washington's plantation as a slave. So she recounts on YouTube videos all the crazy, stupid questions that visitors to that reenactment asked. And this time she gets to actually answer them the way they should be answered. So uh, fun for anyone who likes history or who just likes to see how dumb people can be when they visit places. <laughs> All right. I've got a couple of picks. The first one is one that I use when I have to put in filler text somewhere. Uh, most people use a lorem ipsum generator. And my favorite, it's called bacon ipsum. And uh, so what it, it starts out, bacon ipsum, blah, 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 you know, like the regular uh, lorem ipsum generator would do. And then it just starts putting different meat words in there. It's awesome. So uh, it, it's it's not a kosher one, but it, it's definitely funny. So uh, really. It's okay. It's, it's, it's virtual. It's okay for me too. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> one other thing, um, I'm going to have the spreadsheet replacement that I built for the Chris Ducker spreadsheet up. And that will be at yourscheduler.com. It's not up yet, but it will be by the time this goes live. So, yeah, that's just terrific. And finally, if you want to sponsor this show, I would really appreciate you getting a hold of me. I do have information as far as traffic and stuff for you. And you can email me, chuck at devchat.tv. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Catch everybody next week.